This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Adrian Hernandez, the best bilingual advisor servicing clients in Arizona and California. Yo, if you guys haven't heard, rent is still on the rise. Phoenix alone is coming in at number four in the nation in terms of fastest growing rent with a year-over-year growth of 3.8 freaking percent. It's crazy. Stop paying someone else's mortgage and start investing in yourself. Yes, I'm telling you, invest in a home you can call your own for once. Adrian Hernandez, the best bilingual advisor, is known for providing the number one home purchase experience. Let him help you get on the right track to meeting your home buying goals. Find him on Instagram, best bilingual advisor, and get the number one home purchase experience yourself. This episode of the podcast is also sponsored by withlovemags.com. As a fellow working mom, I often find myself completely confused when it comes to fashion and beauty. I don't have time to figure out what's in style, what dresses are in, what I'm supposed to be wearing before Labor Day, whatever. Withlovemags.com has become my go-to. I love following her journey. She gives me insight into what it's like to walk a mile in her shoes, and it's totally awesome. It's all about positivity and other interesting stuff like family and travel. So anyone that knows me also knows I hate going into a store and going shopping. But Maggie makes it easy to find fashionable clothes on her website and Instagram. Seriously, check out Maggie's journey and fashion sense at withlovemags.com or follow Sparkle Mags on Instagram. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Darlene Hayden, but you can call me Darlizzle for the sake of the podcast. Darlizzle vs. the World is a weekly podcast in which me and my listeners will battle out in a weekly poll of random topics, ranging from what some might think is completely useless and then some more serious topics that do require a little bit of thought and conversation. Each episode, I'll pull my listeners to pick one side and one side only. Seriously, can we just follow the fucking rules for once? We'll review the topic, give some background and interesting fun facts about each opposing side, and share the results of the poll and talk about my thoughts. So that does require a little bit of help from you guys. I highly encourage feedback. But here's the thing. No need to be dicks to each other on the internet. I want to hear everyone's opinion, but they're exactly what they are. They're opinions. There's no right. There's no wrong. And it's just a podcast. We've heard it all before. Opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one. I'm not saying that you have to enjoy everyone's asshole, but please just respect the fact that everyone has one, just like their opinions. Anyways, you guys, I'm not a professional by any means in these topics. I'm reading everything on the internet just like you are. The purpose of the podcast is to have fun, talk about fun shit, generate some thought-provoking conversation through useless information and storytelling. Anyways, let's get on with the motherfucking show. My homies, it is so great to be back. It's the closest summer here in Arizona. The kids are back in school. My little guy dove right in to a new school district for pre-K, so I definitely was very emotional, but overall just needed to take a break and focus on the big changes for our household. So I just want to take a second to thank you guys for standing by and not completely writing off the podcast for missing one freaking week. So to jump right in, this week's episode, I asked a pretty broad question for the poll. I asked, do you think it's pointless to do things that your kids may be too young to remember? 
Now, the overall consensus was that people don't think it's pointless. But I often, like all the time, I often hear people using their child's young age as an excuse for why they think activities and experiences don't matter. They're too young to remember Disneyland. They're too young to do sports or too young to have a strict routine. Now, I'll stop and say it right now that if you use your child's young age as an excuse to not establish a good foundation for your household or to justify not creating a positive or memorable experience in some way, shape, or form, then you really need to rethink why you're even a fucking parent to begin with. And now the reason why I say this is because one, I'm an asshole. I think we all know that. And two, because the first five to seven years of a child's life are found to be the most important. Now, let me say it again for the people in the back with dicks clogging up their ears for all these years. Early childhood development is the most crucial to their health, well-being, and overall trajectory of their lives. 90% of a child's brain develops by age five. Now, most of the research ranges it between five and seven, but yeah, five to seven, that's, I, I think we still think kids are stupid around that age. I think most of us as, as adults are very naive when it comes to how smart kids are. Kids fucking listen to everything. They remember shit that they care about. Um, they're fucking paying attention to us. So just kind of want to be mindful of that. Before children turn three, they're already forming about one million neural connections every minute. Now, these links become the brain's mapping system formed by a combination of nature versus nurture, and especially they call them these serve and return interactions. So when researchers saying serve and return interactions, they're mostly talking about um, when you have these responses to a young child, a baby, an infant, a newborn, whether they're actually talking or not, you're kind of treating them as if they are talking. So when a baby makes sounds, cries, babbles, whatever, you're responding to them with eye contact, words, interaction. Boom, neural connections are happening. And it's like this really cool game of ping pong, but with positive human interaction and brain development. Now I say positive, but um, I mean, I hope you're not talking to an infant, newborn, toddler, any child like they're a piece of shit. But, you know, those are things that you have to think about. You can't be in a fucking newborn's face and be like, hey, fuck you, kid. Um, in some way, shape, or form, that is really shaping their entire well-being for the rest of their lives. So be mindful. Don't be a fucking dick to your kids. So these constant interactions, whether positive or negative, overall just helps to shape how their brain develops. So this is where us, as parents need to practice mindfulness and ensure that we're doing our best to create positive relationships with our children. I think with it being 2019, I mean, I'm guilty of it. Between the podcast and my regular job, I'm constantly on my phone. I'm constantly on social media. Um, there are definitely times where I have to put my phone down. I have to put it out of sight and make sure that I'm giving my kid my undivided attention because I know that it's a fucking struggle for everybody. So. Something something to think about when we talk about how important it is to be mindful with our kids is thinking about how much technology definitely gets in the way. 
Um, so when we talk about the example of the idea that kids might be too young to appreciate or remember things, I like to use Disneyland as an example, right? Um, so let's put all the financial details aside when we're talking about a trip to Disneyland. So if it's a financial reason why you cannot or are not willing to take a child to Disneyland, fucking come out, have the balls to say, I can't afford to take my kid to Disneyland, or I don't want to spend money taking my five-month-old to Disneyland. Because when you say that it's because they're too young to remember, you sound like a fucking idiot. These interactions and these experiences are very important so don't treat them like a shitty sack of potatoes that just lay there they're absorbing everything that's happening around them so it is really important to think about that and kids remember more than we realize I think toddlers are great for suddenly being worried about something that happened on a Friday of last year on a random day in April suddenly Um, I think there's a time where I took my kid to the zoo and he had a fucking hot pretzel and a bee flew in his cheese. I never would have imagined that that would have traumatized him for the entire three years of life that he's been around. Uh, But he'll just randomly, if, if, if there's a bee around, if we're having a fucking pretzel or dipping something in cheese, he remembers that fucking bee every goddamn time. And it's kind of one of those things like, who am I to say what would be memorable or valuable or meaningful to him? I have no idea what is going on in his mind, right? All I can do is kind of present multiple experiences for him to hope, hopefully um, attach meaning to. But who am I to really fucking say? You know, maybe the times that I take him to Mickey D's for a fucking 69 cent cone or some shit is like, one of the best experiences that he can remember for a long time versus taking him into Disneyland. Um, You know, and I I definitely understand if it's financial differences for why people cannot or will not take their kids somewhere. But I just really hate hearing the excuse of people saying, well, they're too young to remember it. Come come on. Um, It's just a cop-out excuse. If it's really because you don't have the money to fucking do it or you don't want to spend the money to do it, fucking come out and say it. Grow the balls. Grow a fucking pair. Anyways, um, so I've mentioned before, I grew up with very Asian parents. Both my mom and dad were refugees from Laos. Um, So that parenting style is basically we were fed, clothed, and went to school. That was really Asian parenting growing up in the 80s and the 90s. I think nowadays the thinking has probably shifted a lot with um, mental awareness and emotional health and things like that being excuse me, on the forefront. But, you know, the way we grew up was definitely basic needs. I think every once in a while we went on vacations, but it was only to visit other Asian people. Like it was never just our nuclear family going out somewhere together, really. Um, It had to be like a big production. So there was never much of just like our small group. Um, But I read in an interesting article on Psychology Today from Sam Louie, who is a psychotherapist yeah psychotherapist who focuses on multicultural issues and what really resonated with me in this article is that he says time and time again I see Asian clients who grew up in an emotional wasteland where their thoughts and feelings were never acknowledged or mirrored so that has to be the most articulate way I've ever heard someone 
someone else, explain how I felt growing up. It's not that my parents didn't love me by any means, um, but it was something that was never really expressed. There was a huge lack of emotional understanding. So growing up the way I did, I have so much of that back and forth. My dad was a quiet... No, actually, I... I should rephrase. It's not like I had a lot of the back and forth of communication because my dad is a very quiet guy. Um, Even today, he's very quiet. It's like fucking pulling teeth to get a conversation with my dad. But um, I often didn't get what, quote unquote, other families typically did. Disney World, Girl Scouts, youth sports, all that stuff. Um, My parents weren't into it, you know, even with sports. They weren't supportive. So I would start and I would never follow through. So this shit really stuck with me till this day. And now that I have a son, I've thankfully been able to really turn that into a positive way to raise my son. I'm all about positive experiences for my son. I'm all about making sure that he understands um, how special he is, how loved he is. We are very verbal and expressive. Lots of hugs, lots of kisses, lots of I love you's. You know, so that's really important to me because I grew up understanding what it was like to not even physically experience that type of um, relationship with my parents. I mean, now I hug my parents, my dad, my stepmom, um, and I tell them I love them. But that is because I'm very much aware of that now and I kind of force it on them. And especially now that they have a grandchild um, and it forces me to get them to understand that it's important for us to know that they have to kind of reciprocate that understanding that if they do feel that way about their grandchild, if they love him, they want to talk to him, they want to know how his day is. Um, I do. I call my dad and he's probably like, oh, I hate talking. I don't know. It's such a weird Asian thing. But, you know, it's I think we've just finally gotten to the point where my dad understands that it's really important for me to see that he loves his grandchild, not just not just like a in my head and in the bottom of my heart, I know that he loves him, but um, he needs to be expressive about it. He needs to understand how our household really supports a positive relationship between us and my son. So it's really great. I think it was really hard for my dad and my stepmom to kind of come out of their awkward little Laotian shells to be able to come out and be that type of expressive parent but you know we worked really hard on it my dad really understood and you know we kind of it's kind of our thing now so it's really great but so going back um, on one hand we talk about the larger experiences and how it affects how a child's brain develops but I was big probably a little crazy neurotic since the beginning in establishing routines with my son at an early age. So I think it's really interesting because even now with my son being three, um, we've obviously loosened up a bit about certain things with routine like bedtime and nap time. Um, My kid was a terrible, terrible, terrible sleeper in the beginning and I actually got help from a sleep consultant that completely changed our lives. So we were really, really big on routine because we knew what it was like to not be on a sleep routine. So I was fucking crazy about it. I could not live with 
um, no sleep beyond the six months that my kid was a terrible sleeper. But um, I think it's funny. People still try to shade us even now. Um, It's just things that seemed really important to me, like routine and letting my son know what to expect in the day. Um, You know, apparently it just doesn't seem important for other people. And that's fine. Whatever works for each family is definitely what works best. But I just kind of wanted to stop and explain why the routine and why the push for us at such an early age. So many things that made, in essence, like no sense to some people, um, like putting shoes on him when we were out and about before he was even walking or crawling, reading books at night, like every night. It wasn't even just one book. He was a newborn and we would read two to three books every night. Getting haircuts at the barber shop um, since before he was one, that was really important. Um, starting swim and jujitsu before the age of three. Um, these were all for us. And this is, you know, with my husband and I, this was really just starting routines. Um, but it's really been most recently obvious to us that it's been very fundamental in the kid he's become today. So even at three, and he'll be four in September, so he's pretty much almost four. But, you know, we walk into this barber shop, and it's typically the same barber shop every every month. We go once a month. And he walks in without a care in the world, no fucks given. He walks in. He knows we put his name down on the sheet. We sit down. They'll call his name. And, you know, it's just so normal for him. And people, and, you know, it's typically men, we're in the barbershop. Um, and, you know, there have been times where I've taken him by myself without my husband, and it's totally normal. And there are men, middle-aged and older men, that are like amazed and even the barbers are like oh yeah kids usually will freak out getting their hair cut he does amazing and it's like well we've established a routine we've kind of set the expectation of what we do every time we come here um that's why we started so early and I mean it's not like we just go for for no reason at all but we have to make sure that he looks like an appropriate little human being going to school and walking around i i hate having his hair like completely disheveled because i don't like going somewhere without with with my hair looking completely disheveled you know so um he we've really treated him like a grown up almost for a really long time and Um, I feel like it's really reflective now that he's close to four, he's in pre-K, you know, he's around adults all the time, he's around kids all the time, but he kind of just has this positive demeanor, like he's very comfortable, granted he's shy sometimes, but you know, it's never a point to where he's shy and doesn't eventually come out of his shell, so um, I definitely attribute it to swim and jujitsu, especially with his socialization and his confidence. Um, here's the thing, you guys. Jiu-jitsu and swim on the weekends. Now, he does jujitsu two to three times a week. Swim is once a week. But let's figure just for the weekend. Saturday morning, we're at jujitsu by 9 a.m. on Saturday. Swim, we're at swim by 11 a.m. every Sunday. It's not like I enjoy getting up 
and rushing to get the needs of the house met, um, get food made and clean myself up and clean out my kid and, you know, get my husband on the same page as, as all of us. It's granted, I do enjoy it. It's just very challenging, especially during the week. I mean, I do the podcast. I have a normal job. Trust me, I would love to get sleep one day. But having my son have this confidence and these skills, these very physical skills, you know, required to be good at swim and be good at jujitsu and kind of being around different people all the time, I'll fucking give up sleep for that. Because those things are very important to me. It's important to see my son doing well, learning new things, and being fucking productive. I couldn't imagine him just sitting at fucking home all day. Um, You know, and again, if that's your thing, fucking great. But don't make excuses for it. If you don't want to be the one to get off your ass on a Saturday or a Sunday to get your kid to a sport, to get them in an activity, to get them socialized, to get them some type of intellectual exercise... Um, That's your fault. That is 100% your fault. So I don't like that people always try to blame it on their fucking kids. My God. Sorry, just super frustrated because I just hate when when they make it like all about a young age and it's, you know, they don't remember it or they're not good at things or something like that. All that shit matters. Let them fucking step out of their box and figure some shit out because like whoever learned anything new by doing only the shit that they know how to do. It, it's common sense. It's common fucking sense. Your kids are never too young to experience a good life. Um, they're, they're never too young to experience, communicate, see their parents give a shit about them. And I think that's why I get so frustrated about it. Um, they're never too young to establish good routines. I'm very anti-pajamas in public with my kid. And this was since he was a newborn and an infant. Um, I think the exceptions are, you know, the middle of the night ER visits or something like that. But for me, it's important that he understands that when we get up for the day and we go out in public, we present ourselves in a in a nice manner. We have good hygiene. Um, I think it's funny because even at a at a high school to young adult age, I think we preach all the time: um, be dressed for the job that you want to have. Well, I'm sorry, kid, I get that you're three, but if you want to go out and fucking be around people, brush your fucking teeth, clean yourself up, get ready, get in the shower, take a shit, whatever you got to do, put some fucking clothes on that you didn't sleep on in the night before because it's important that you understand this is the routine that's going to set forth your entire life. It's never going to change. So why set them back in their first five to seven years by by letting them be tricked into thinking that that shit doesn't matter. It fucking does matter. And it also shows that we give a shit about our kids. I don't care what anybody says. Um, naturally, people will judge you by the way your kids look. I'm not saying it's cool, it's appropriate, or whatever, but that's just how natural human interaction works. If If you as a parent, look completely put together and your kids look like they're fucking homeless, guess what? You're either going to look like you don't have your shit together or you don't give a fuck about your kid. Easy as that. Um, and it's kind of just one of those things that you do have to think about. Like, how are you setting, how are you setting up your kid's well-being going forward? Um, we obviously know you have to fucking take shower every day or like be presentable going to work every day, going to school every day. Why not start that? I mean, it's almost like getting yourself in a certain routine. 
making sure that you as an adult, being a parent, are setting the appropriate times in the morning to make sure that things get done. And, you know, it's it's all about planning. I feel like once you get to a certain level of parenthood, unless you have no set work schedule, your kid doesn't have any type of set schedule. But, you know, even if you are a very free range parent and you don't follow any type of routine or timeline, um, you do kind of just have to have some type of general plan in order to follow that, right? So it's kind of just one of those things. But you don't have the opportunity to rewire your child's brain after you've done things a certain way for so many years. They're never too young to experience new things, form positive or lasting relationships, but you know, like I said before, or even step outside of their comfort zone. That's really important. Kids kids should be taking appropriate risks. I'm not saying fucking let them try meth for the first time, but you know, appropriate risks to determine what they like, what they're interested in, what they're good at. They're fucking they're kids. They're not supposed to be good at anything. So you do have to kind of let them take those chances of of doing different things because like dude you'd be so surprised what your your kids are good at would I have ever imagined that my kids good at swim or jujitsu or skateboarding at fucking one and two no but my husband and I are probably not like the smartest people we're just like eh, he'll be fine figure it out (laughs) but ultimately it ended up being the smartest thing we could have done because you know at, at age three almost four He's amazing. He has great physical skills that we would have never guessed were important, you know, between swimming and how it translates to jujitsu, jujitsu and how it translates to his confidence when he's in the classroom or talking to people that he doesn't know. It's really important and it's been so well for us. Overall, the research proves it. They're never too young. So stop using it as an excuse not to do shit with them. Or let them try new things. Just be open and honest about the fact that you yourself don't want to commit or take the time to do something. Maybe now is a good time to start thinking about what you're really doing for the well-being of your child. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's the episode. Be sure to check Instagram every Wednesday for the next episode's poll. If you like what you heard, share me on social. Support me on Patreon. Leave a review on iTunes. Follow, subscribe, download do fucking all of it. Anyways, talk to you all next week. Bye.